0: Hi! Welcome to the PDYC podcast. The Purpose Driven Youth Chapel of Calvary Baptist Church Adawaka is a youth ministry for young adults and young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message.
1: sharing on the topic gifted to grow God's church gifted to grow God's church and we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 4 from 7 to 14 Ephesians chapter 4 reading from verse 7 to verse 14 the book of Ephesians talks about the riches of the Christian in Jesus Christ so please take note one of the most beautiful books in the Bible is the book of Ephesians Ephesians talks about our riches, our inheritance as Christians in Jesus Christ. And today we are looking at gifted to grow God's church. And, and honestly, it's an honor, it's a privilege that God will give to you and say, come along with me to grow my church. Because God is the custodian of the church. He shed his blood, he laid down his life, and he gave it all for the church. So he could have just said, I'll do it on my own. But for God to invite you and I to be partners in growing the church is one of the highest level of privileges to have. The first privilege is to be born again. But the second privilege is to God gifting you and say, come along with me to grow the church. So we are looking at Ephesians chapter 4. I will take it from verse 3. Let's look at from verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verse straight down. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. that's it is so beautiful the way Paul is able to craft words. Look at what he's doing. It's verse 7. But to each one of us, grace... Verse 7, uh, verse 4 down. One Father, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Look at the beauty of words. Verse. verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Verse 8. This is why he says, When he ascended on high... He took many captives. He took many captives and and, and gave gifts to his people. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built. Verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become Mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be effed, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful scheming. The last verse 14 is a very strong worded word over there. I want us to know that it's important for you to know who you are and why you are in the body. It's very, very important. And the focus of our sermon this morning, this afternoon, is that our gifts will be used to grow God's church. Our gifts will be used to grow God's church. I want you to know that life is growth and growth is life. Life is growth and growth is life. Anything living, anything living must be dynamic and it must grow. When you are young, and you are, you, are, you are crawling, it's expected that you will walk. And after walking, you will have to run. So when you are growing, but you are still crawling, you are still on milk, there's a border, there's a concern. So everything that has life must grow. And so God's church also must grow. Then we are also saying that growth is a necessity. Growth is a necessity of life. Either you grow or you die. If you are not growing, then you are dying. And sometimes you need to evaluate some areas of your life and find out, am I growing in my communication? Am I growing in my perception of life? Am I growing in the way I I, I make decisions? Am I growing in the choices I make? Evaluate your life. Evaluate your relationship and find out, am I really growing? Then we are also saying that when it comes to growing the church, Satan, there are some things that he will not do. Satan, does not play with laziness and it's not foolish. Let me come again. There are some things you will not take it for granted. Satan is working 24 hours. It is with sometimes who slack. It is with sometimes who are so familiar with the terrain that we think that let me go on holiday for a moment. But for him, if Satan can rise against God, and since he rose against God, he has not stopped doing everything to fight God then you will be joking to take it for granted. Number one, he's not lazy. He's at work. He's working to make sure that you and you and you and me, we don't grow. And once we are not growing, that God's church will be stagnant. Number two, he's not foolish. He has a strategy. He has ways and means of doing things. Remember, he went to Adam and Eve and he said, did God say? He went back on God's own word. And pick the thing from there and say, did God say that he used his own words to counteract what God said? So, Satan is not lazy and neither is he foolish. Have it at the back of your mind. Because when you have this at the back of your mind, then you are careful how you take this your life and how you handle it. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, Satan is not lazy. Oh, say to the person, Satan is not lazy, neither is he foolish. Tell somebody, he's always working. And he's smart. And he has strategies. Hallelujah. So we are saying that Satan and his forces are at war against the church of Jesus Christ. Now quickly, let's look at some five keys I will be sharing with you quickly. Five keys I will share with you. If you are talking about growing God's church, there are five keys I want us to look at from Ephesians chapter 4. Number 1. If the church must grow, if God is growing the church, the first thing that makes the church grow is the church. Is the church. And I will explain. Number two, another thing that makes a church grow is unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. I will explain that. Number three, any church that is growing, there are levels of gifting. Levels of gifting. The first thing that makes a church grow is the church. Second is the unity in diversity. Number three is the levels of gifting in the church. Number four, the levels of grace for service. Ephesians 4 7, the levels of grace for service. The levels of grace for service. And the last one, in the church that experiences growth, is the presence of God in that place. The presence of God. In that place now let's quickly look at the fivefold fold ministry when when the the writer of ephesians was writing then he said verse 4 ephesians 4 11 to 13 he mentioned specifically that when jesus ascended remember first he said he took captivity captive what is the captivity satan and their host he made them useless he rendered them useless but remember that Satan has not been out of the world. He's still in the world. That is why he's still manipulating and working. However, Jesus Christ took over control and handed over the master key to the church. And when he gave, ascended, he began to give gifts. And as he distributed the gift, he came with this five-fold ministry. And Jesus himself, when he walked on this earth, read your Bible, the quotations are there, go make a study. Jesus himself operated in the fivefold ministry. And the fivefold ministries are the offices of the church. They are the offices. No church can ever operate without this fivefold ministry. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors, and there are teachers. The apostle may build a church, but when he goes, ah, the apostle must return home to sit under the feet of a pastor, a shepherd. To be shepherded, the prophet may go and do the prophetic, do the prophetic, but he must come back home. He must have a shepherd. He must have a pastor. Then the evangelist may go out and do all, go on missions, but the evangelist must have a home base, where he has a shepherd, a pastor. Then the teacher also must have somebody who shepherds. So you realize that all of us, our gifting must connect to these offices. All of our gifting. So some people are operating in a gift. He may be a prophet, but his prophetic does not only come as he, and God says this and that. No, for some people, their prophetic is writing books. And as they write their books, people read and things are happening. It's as if it's in your house, but the book he wrote is ministry to you. There are some people who are teachers, and by the time he picks the word of God, he breaks the word so much that you understand the word of God. And therefore, these five offices are very relevant for any church that the church must grow hallelujah i say hallelujah so quickly let's look at the first we are looking at the 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 five keys number one is the church go to the next slide so when we talk about the church can we all look at first peter chapter two can you shoot it on the board for us first peter chapter two from verse nine to ten First Peter 2, 9-10. to Can we all read it together? Let's go. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, when we talk about the church, the church is a called out. You and I have been called out. We didn't go to God. God himself chose to call you and I. In our sin, in our mess, in our background, God, it pleased God to call us. So we have been called you, 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 wherever you are. It does not matter your background, your height, your qualification. All God did was to call you out. So we are a called out. And we are a people. The church is a people. The church is a people. Please understand that the church is a people. God does not gift a building. That is why the buildings do not have spiritual gifts. You and you and I, we have the spiritual gift. The walls do not have spiritual gift. This equipment does not have a spiritual gift. But the one that is gifted will sit behind and play. So the church is about people. However, the church also is about environment. That is why there are some churches, you go and the environment it's welcoming, so sweet, so friendly. There's, there is freedom for you to discover your gift and develop it and grow. But there are some churches also which the environment is toxic. Toxic. Everybody, Wakami, me. there's bickering, there's misunderstanding, there is pettiness. And so when you are in that environment, it is likely that you are gifted, but you will never grow. You may be gifted, but you are wounded. Small thing. I mean, they are so petty about small, small things so much that they refuse to grow. And so you are operating in a gift, but you are a wounded gifted. So you are ministering, but you are ministering from pain, from suspicion. The one sitting by you, the way he's looking at you, as you are singing, you are not too sure whether he's for you or he's against you. And so when you are ministering, you are not open. And so you have to be, Try to be, uh, we call it approval, approval addiction. In other words, you are looking for people to accept you and approve you. But there should be an atmosphere where I should never be afraid to walk on the shelves. When I say shells, I'm talking about egg shells. Whilst you are walking, you are being careful. You are looking behind your shoulder. Who is watching me? Assuming I make a mistake. Hey, they will not give me any chance anymore. Never. We should not be in an environment which is a toxic environment. It should be a loving environment, friendly environment, but also an environment of revival. Hello. When a church explodes, it's revival. When does revival ri- comes? Write it down. Revival happens from humility and brokenness. Write it down. When we are saying a church is revived, listen, a church can sing beautifully I salute our choir, wonderfully well-dressed, beautiful. And this church can bring, the choir can bring a reviver. But it's also possible that you may look so nice, dress so well, sing so well, but then nothing is happening. But revival comes from brokenness and humility. And once we are broken and humble, God will send a reviver. But we are also looking at the fact that the church is a structure. The church is a structure. When we say a structure, all of us are the church and we come here to worship. But if we came And there is no function. There are no administrators. There are those who clean the chair. Those who make sure that the offering you give is collected. Then there's no order. So even though the church is people, even though the church is an environment, the church also is a structure. That is why we don't worship on the street. We worship in an inclusive environment. With people who are organized, administrators, so that they can handle function. However, in that structure, there must be a shepherding. Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, 17. He said, You must obey the leader. In every function and in every structure, there must be one shepherd. There can never be plenty of shepherds leading, there'll be confusion. That is why Reverend Dr. Fred Degbe is the head of this structure. And we are all following. But in the youth chapel, his place, Reverend Feliz Owusu, acts the lead. You cannot come from anywhere. And then, when the service is going on, you decide to say, I pick the microphone. I am under anointing. Moon or moon Then, that says yes the Lord. Meanwhile, it is not time for that say yes the Lord. The choir may be singing, but you have come, that says yes the Lord. It's a showmanship. And that is not order. That is not proper. So, a church... Is about people. It's an environment. It's a structure with a function which has to do with administrative side, but it is also for shepherding. That is one. When you come, you must fall in line. You cannot come to church and start misbehaving as if there's no order in the church. Somebody must call you to order. That is what the church must be. Let's go to the next one as we look at. So, what is our Another thing that makes the church grow is unity in diversity. Tell somebody you are special to me. Or tell somebody on this planet Earth. While you are talking, be smiling. If somebody is angry, don't 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 receive it. Smile to the person. Tell the person you are so unique. Say everything about you is just so special, and I'm so glad to be sitting by your side. You are unique. I am unique. We can never be the same, but we are the same. So we can never be the same, but we are the same. So I admire you, and you admire me. Tell somebody you have something I do not have. I have something you do not have. I need you, and you need me. Give the person a high five. May the Lord cause you to know that we are united. We are are one, but in diversity. Hallelujah. Friends, friends, this God there is an excellent, beautiful God. Can you imagine if all of us were tall? If all of us were tall, how would this place be like? Are you understanding me? And if all of us were vertically, vertically challenged, like Pastor Ray, how would this place be like? And if all of us do, we talk softly, everybody talks softly, it will be a boring place. And so God made some people to be eloquent some to be reserved some to speak out some to come and make you laugh and it does the beauty of our uniqueness another thing is that our diversity our unity in diversity is a weapon it's a weapon because you know what Satan enjoys confusion Satan enjoys confusion but you see when you come from a home where there is they respect diversity Unity, but there's diversity. There's beauty in that home. The father may be this, but the mother is this. Hallelujah. There was was this couple who married. And when they married, every time the woman cooks, she will cut the fish into three pieces in the frying pan. And meanwhile, the frying pan is big that can carry the fish. And the husband has been watching him and said, ah, what do you always have to cut? Meanwhile, where he was coming from. He wanted they put the thing there and they fry it, he wants, you see, he likes to see the tilapia full. But for him, the wife would chop the thing and then they serve him. What is eating, and call ye, and call ye. So he asked the wife, What do you always have to cut these things into pieces? So, ah, me, I don't know. So he said, okay, let's go to your mother. Then they went to the mother. The mother to say, ah, me too, I don't know. Let's go to my mother. That's a grandmother. So they went to the grandmother and said, Granny, we have come to ask you a question. I mean, every time my wife has to cut this fish and thing. So what is the matter? He said, oh, she's been doing that. So the granny asked them, how big is your frying pan? He said, granny, our frying pan is large. So, oh, my daughter, my granddaughter, the reason why we, where you came from, eh, our frying pan is so small. And because of the size of the frying pan, we have to cut the fish into pieces so that it will go into the frying pan. But if you, by grace, you have a husband who can buy you a big frying pan, all you do is carry the tilapia, put the thing inside there, and fry the thing. I know. But this thing like, cut it, cut And the man is not happy. From where he's coming from, when they cut the thing, he does not eat it well. The wife said, ah, so all these cutting pieces, it was because of the frying pan. I want you to know that you are unique. I want you to know that your uniqueness, eh? Is all of diversity. So the wife said, well, if you like the long one, learn to eat the pieces too. So that once in a while, I will fry the, long, the food. But as we go along, you are also learning to eat the pieces. God in his wisdom has brought unity. But I want you to know that the devil takes our diversity and creates confusion out of pride unnecessary fight. Pastor Felix has the way he does his things. But he and I are close. We are friends. Why should I try to be like him? I must unite with him. But then in our diversity, we overcome the devil. But today the church has been divided of an unnecessary issues. And the question is, some say I am for Apollo. Some say I am for Paul. Some, can we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Quickly shoot it on the board. I Have a few minutes. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22, from, from verse 12. Can we all read it together? No, First Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 12, from verse 12, quickly. Let's read together. Oh, can I hear you read? For as the body is one, I have many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. 14. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Verse 16. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it not therefore, the body 17 if the whole body were an eye where were the hearing if the whole were hearing where was the smelling and so paul is trying to bring our mind to the father we are one body but in diversity somebody is the eye somebody is the ear somebody is the finger and we all need one another say i need you say i need you now there was this Musicians, they have a choir, a very solid choir, and, and, and they are gifted. I mean, they have traveled worldwide and they minister powerfully. Now, they had a major, major concert. That was a global concert. And as they packed their instruments and they were traveled, then they realized that as they, on the major day of the concert, everything was ready, the hopeless was packed. And as they were playing and singing, they had done a rehearsals over the period. as so they were sure of a delivery of excellent concert, But all of a sudden, the director says that something was not going well. So he stopped. And he apologized to the crowd. And said, please, for a moment. And then he wondered, he saw that all the equipments were in place. But something was missing. And the sound was not complete. Then like he turned to those who packed the instruments. And he asked them, where is the piccolo? Where is the piccolo? The piccolo is an instrument that you don't normally see. It It has no value. It has no height, size. But it's one of the smallest. And yet, it has to be in that. Other than that, your concert is not complete. And they left the piccolo. They had to do everything possible to bring the piccolo. And when they fixed the piccolo and the, 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 the conductor came back and the choir started singing, there was a difference. Why? Because the piccolo has been put in its place. Tell somebody, I am your piccolo. Oh, tell somebody, I am your piccolo. Say, you cannot leave me out. If you leave me out, the concert is not complete. How many believe that you are piccolo? Oh, are you there? Say, I am the lost piccolo. And I am connected into your life for a delivery. Hallelujah. So let's quickly go number three. How do we also grow the church? It is by the levels of gifting. By the levels of gifting. The Trinity in His wisdom gives gifts to the body. Friends, it is called gift. That's somebody gift. That's somebody gift. It is not an award. It is not a reward. God the Father God the Son chooses to give gifts. Are you understanding me? And the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a gift. So anybody in this house, if you are not manifesting some gift, then wait. Ask yourself, am I truly born again? Because if you are truly born again, you will start manifesting some gifts. The moment you accept Jesus, God steps up. Our gift is not talent. Our gift is not skill. Our gift is the Holy Spirit given to us for the church to be used. So, our gift also must glorify God. And for me, one of the quotations that is helping me now, 2023, 20, is Galatians one twenty four, And they glorify God because of me. And they glorify God because of me. Can people look at you and say, may God bless you? Can people look at you and say, for your gifting, I celebrate the goodness of God. I pray for you that if should set it as a goal, that wherever I go, I will give room for people to glorify God because of me. May they not gossip and, 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 and say sarcastic things about God because of you. But may they glorify God because of you. And so your gifts will make a way for you. Your gifts also must be administered in love. So when you have a spiritual gift and you are using it in a house. And you are not using it in love. You don't care about people. Then you have lost it. Because all our gift is about people. All our spiritual gift is about caring about people. I don't have the healing gift and put it in my pocket and ask people to to line up. No, 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 no. God gave me the gift. And the motive, one day when we go to heaven, I'm telling you, you may tell God, I sang well. People clap and he will ask you, did you do it in love? And did you do it in my name? So remember that the gift is administered From the love. Then the last thing under the gift is that the Holy Spirit is responsible for equipping our gift. I remember when I started and I became born again in the year 11th December. 11th December, 1983. That's when I began to discover that I had gifts. I used to be shy. I used to be reserved. But all of a sudden, God started bringing me out. In the first place, it was difficult for me to stand before people to talk. One of my desire those days was to be a bilingual secretary or a lawyer. So I was aiming at those things. But all of a sudden, my focus changed. Then I came to Calvary Baptist Church. But as I, as I worked in the administration, Reverend DeGueh noticed something. He realized that every time that they are looking for me, I'm not around the table handling administration administrative things, but I'm praying with people, I'm counseling, I'm ministering. The man looked at me, uh, one day called me. He said, you are in the wrong place. So he changed me and placed me in a place. All of a sudden, there were days that people would come and he found people sitting in the reception. And they would think that, he thinks that they are waiting for him, so he will come. Who are you waiting for? So we are thinking, Pastor Ray, we are waiting. And then he noticed that the gifts were operating. And he was not jealous. He was not bothered. He was happy. Because if he can see people lying up, wanting to see his... And that time I wasn't a pastor. But gradually, one of the things also that helped me to shape in my gifting was that some of the Wednesdays, Wednesday prayer meeting starts at 6. 5.30. you see, I wouldn't mention the pastors, their name, but there are no more here. One evening is dead. 5.30. Whilst I am in the office, they will call. Ray, I wasn't a pastor then. Ray, I will not be able to come for the prayer meeting. Take up the exhortation. Oh, 5.30, 30 minutes to 6 o'clock. And I had to prepare and come and lead the prayer meeting. Gradually, people began to see and to notice the difference. And then one of the things, if you have the gift, one of the things that happens is that the result. The evidences, the testimony, and people began to testify. I am saying that your gifts would develop in your strength, but also it will develop through your weaknesses, and then the opportunities that God will give you. For me, the opportunity was five thirty and six o'clock. I took all of that opportunity and I prepared. That is how come I have learned that I can be sleeping now and they wake up and say, go and preach and I'm ready to go. Why? Because I have been coming from a place where that weakness became a strength for me. And I took over that opportunity and that it became a threat because at that time we had others who were also gifted. But you see, the difference why they didn't give the opportunity to others that were a threat to me was that I was available. Are you understanding me? Some of them, when they call them at 5.30, they say, sir, looking at the time, I am sorry, I cannot handle it. You are not available. You are not faithful. So based upon that, I became one of them. They were not doing to me everything, but it was an experience. May you turn your strength and your weaknesses to an opportunity. And don't be afraid of threat. Let every threat sharpen you. Tell somebody, I will overcome. Say, I will overcome. So and then number 4 there are levels of grace. Friends Ephesians chapter 4 he said and God gave us grace. There are levels of grace. So oh, hello. Oh are you here? Young people, let me speak to you from my heart. The man by grace sitting here carries a certain level of grace. He carries a certain level of grace. You carry a certain level of grace. He carries grace. You carry grace. Listen, when God gives us an assignment, every assignment has its own grace. Because the devil also locates assignments. And when he knows that there is an assignment upon your life, he will fight that assignment. That is why when there's a prophetic word over your life, you don't go to sleep. Hello? Are, Are we together? When there's a prophetic word over your life, don't go on holiday. Pray through. Because you know why? There is a grace allocated for that assignment. But there is also a warfare to that assignment. Satan will make sure that you don't carry out that assignment. But remember Moses? Remember Moses? And the the mother said, You can kill every boy. But for me, I will not give you my son. And the Bible said that he protected the boy. At the point when she could not protect him anymore. He said, God, I have done my part. Now I put him in a basket. I put him on the river now. Oh yeah, take over. For me, I cannot do what I, I have. done what I can do, humanly possible. But now, the, the assignment you gave me is in your hands. And God said, come on, who is the devil? I will protect this boy. And then God protected Moses. That the enemy himself, in his own house, they carried Moses and put him in his own. And he was paying the mother salary. I said, there's an assignment upon your life? No matter the devil and the witches, I declare unto you that nobody will kill you before your time but have you forgotten when Jesus was born Herod said when you go and worship him come and call me me too I will go which can worship is killing no no there has an agenda to kill And the Lord revealed that, don't go back there. Because the man does not have a good intention. I want you to know that as long as you look here, and you look so handsome and so nice, eh, don't look at your niceness and handsomeness. There's an agenda, there's an evil intention to erase you quickly before your time. But may Jehovah cover you, that nobody will kill you before your time. And may you finish your assignment. Say, I will finish my assignment. Ah, but Joseph, they wanted to finish him. That's of the assignment. But Joseph carried a level of grace. Friends, every day grace is different from my grace. So, and me too, the grace I carry is different from Jesus' grace. Are, are you understanding me? So lift up your hand and say, God, give me grace. Put it on your head and say, God, give me grace. Say, God, give me grace. Let me wind up. Friends, 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 if you read the word there, it said to every one of us, grace is given. Can I explain to you? In the word, in the Bible, he only said grace. But if you break it down, there are levels of grace. Tell somebody there are levels of grace. There there are three kinds I live with you as a rap. Number one, there is a saving grace. Say saving grace. Say saving grace. Every one of us were saved by grace. Okay? Nobody can come in on your own. It is grace. That is what the Bible says not by works. So don't boast. But there is a saving grace. Say save. Say serve. Do you know that there are some women who are very, you know, their husbands are difficult to please, but God gives them grace and they serve their husband. I know of one case where the man will treat the woman now, but God gave the woman a serving grace. And she will serve the table, put a napkin, put everything there, and then he comes. Mirror. One day the man looked at the woman and say, You cry. And the one say, what is it? He said, ah, upon all the intro, this wickedness, I, the way I treat you, but the way you humble yourself and you serve me. So he asked him, when you are going to church, I will follow you. Because the grace to serve, even in the midst of nonsense, can open the door for you. Hallelujah. But there's a grace called the specific grace. Oh, may you receive that one. Oh, may you receive that one. I, I know of somebody who <laughs> yeah, lost their mother and lost their brother. And in the midst of the death, once everybody was crying, saying, what a tragedy. And the person came to the funeral, and they were expecting that he would break down, and start shouting, God, why have you done this to me? But in the, in the, in the service, he walked to the keyboard, and started playing. And as he was playing on the keyboard, anointing broke loose in the service. People were receiving healing. People were receiving miracles. People who were grieving. Where sorrow had overtaken them. The demon of grief. There's a demon called grief. I'm telling you. There's a demon called grief that can hold you. Seven days in a week. You are down. You don't know why. You are heavy. You cannot sing. It's a demon. But as the boy was playing on the keyboard. Things were happening. Things were happening. In the midst of his grief having lost a mother and brother at the same time in a tragic accident, but he was playing on the keyboard. How how did it happen? God gave him a special grace. That is why there are some people who have cancer, but in the midst of their cancer, they write a book. That is why some people may go through a divorce, and you would think that the divorce will condemn them. But in the midst of the divorce, They come stronger and stronger. I don't know what you have come through, but may God give you a special grace. May God give you a specific grace. And the last one is that how do I, how do I grow the church? The last one. Everybody say the presence of God. Say the presence of God. Can I end up by saying that? Listen to me. Open your eyes. I need your attention here. Look, you can serve your gift. You can use your gift, but if you don't know your identity if you're not solid in your identity, eh, your gift will not open doors for you. But when you know that I am who I am, not because of the clothing I wear, I am who I am not because of the mobile phone I hold, I am who I am not because of the school I went, but I am who I am because there's a presence with me. You can even be in Charlie but when your identity is secured and you have a significance from Jesus, when you stand before people, you don't look at those who look down upon you. One of the things that kill your gift is rejection. Write it down. One of the things that will kill your gift is rejection. But today, may you find yourself in the Lord. And may you know that God is with you 24 hours. They may destroy you. They may say things about you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? I bless you this afternoon. That may you know that there are levels of gifting. May you know that there are levels of grace. May you know that you are a church a people called by God. May you know that you have been gifted and I also by unity in diversity. I conclude by saying, give me the last one. Let's all read. Let's all read conclusion. Let's all read conclusion. There are three responses I want us all to read. If you have been gifted in the church to grow, there are three things you must do. And I want us all to read it together. Number one, Oh, I want to hear you. Be a true worshipper and worker in his vineyard. Number two, rest in God's power and sufficiency. Don't fear. Use your gift. God is behind you. He's your sufficiency. No human beings is your sufficiency. And the last one, be a watchman who will touch the world. I prophesy that two years from now, a month from now, six weeks from now you will touch lives. People will say, because of your ministry, I have been saved. People will look at you and say, because you prayed for me, I have been healed. People will say, because you spoke to me, I gained wisdom. Somebody will say, I'm about to commit suicide, but because you came and spoke to me, I have stopped to take that thing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and make it cause you to grow this church. That it shall be said of Calvary Baptist Church, that this church is growing because all the people in this church are wonderfully gifted. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Stand on your feet. As I invite Pastor Phyllis, I like to do that all the time. He's a set man over the house. Everybody lift up your right hand and declare to the Lord. Say, oh God, if you are looking for anybody to give gifts, I am available. If you are looking for a trustworthy person, a faithful person, a teachable person, and available. Oh God, I am available. Therefore, I open up for more gifts that I can do greater things in your name. Open, lift up your hand and receive a pastoral prayer from the servant of the Lord. I'm praying that everybody you're gifting will open up. If somebody suppressed your gift, if something suppressed it, I pray that there will be explosion that your gifts will come and nobody will intimidate you.
2: So in the name of Jesus, we declare today that just as you call the apostles of old, may apostles be called in our midst today. Let their gifts be activated. Just as you call the prophets of old, we declare in the name of Jesus that may prophetic gifts be activated today. Just as you call teachers, you call pastors, you call evangelists, we declare in the name of Jesus that purpose-driven youth chapel will be gifted with such men and women in the mighty name of Jesus. And together we rebuke the threat, we rebuke the opposition, we rebuke the powers that be, that opposes some of this gift, the manifestation of this gift in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare by the power of the Lord, Lord, this gift get activated in this church that we can expand the church, we can grow the church, we can grow our community to the glory and honor of your name, in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare and we know that sometimes this gift attracts attack. But from today, in the name of Jesus Christ, none of your children will be attacked because of the oil they operate in, because of the gift they operate in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I declare that you rise, O God, from one glory unto another glory. And I pray for you that your gift will make way for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the PDYC podcast. We trust that this message has brought great transformation your way. Connect with us on our Instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. At this point, we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you do not yet know Jesus Christ practically as your Saviour and Lord. Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died. On the cross to save me from distraction and from aborting my purpose on earth please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today Wow congratulations if you said this prayer to the Lord from your heart you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.